Well, we're in a new series that starts today called My Strength or His. And it's about Samson. And I'm calling this sermon today Beyond Our Strength. Take a look at that bulletin cover right there and you'll see what the new poster looks like that David Conley, our youth pastor, put together. And uh, when I first saw it, I, I said to him, were you thinking of me when you did that caricature? <laughs> and honestly, he looked at me perplexed. He, it didn't even cross his mind. He couldn't get his brain there uh, to actually think that that's what I was saying. Um, but the truth is, Samson probably looked more like me than that picture. Normal. Uh, more like me than Donnie Moore, you might say. And here's how we, we can probably know this. He traveled throughout the Philistine cities without being noticed at times. So he wasn't that big and muscular where everybody would guess, oh, that might be Samson. And Delilah, do you remember when they cut his hair off and they were looking for the, 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 the Philistines asked, if, could you help us find the secret? Well, if they, they must have thought that it's well beyond what this guy looks like, so it, it's got to be some magic power. Well, what was the source of that strength? We see it in Judges 13. It says, so the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. That's where the power and the source of strength came from. Verse 25, the spirit of the Lord began to work in Samson. So it wasn't his strength. It was God's power through him. And that's where this guy, who we think of as a man of power physically, became such a morally weak person. He started to trust in himself and not give glory and credit to God and not realize that the Spirit of God was doing it through him. And we don't want that to be our downfall. If anything great is going to happen through us, it'll have to be beyond our strength and be his, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Father, come by the power of your Holy Spirit and move today, I pray. Lord, you want to lift up the downcast and the brokenhearted today. There are some going through a trial and you want to encourage their hearts. There are some, Lord, that you're about to give a dream and a vision and it comes from you. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak in such a way that each of us could know the Lord has been here and he's touching our hearts. Let it be, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God works beyond our strength when we realize these things. First of all, our inability or weakness is often where God showcases his power. He will work through the weak to show himself mightily. Judges 13.1, again the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years. In those days a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan, lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you've been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. <clears throat> so I see God working through weakness here in a couple of ways. First of all, the Israelites, the Jewish people, are God's chosen. They have been under the oppression of the Philistines. The Philistines are, we, we know them as Palestinians today. Same, same people, these Philistines. And they are oppressing God's people in this setting, in the Bible. 
As a matter of fact, they've raided the nation and they've taken all their weapons. So Israel is a nation that's unable to defend themselves with no weapons. The, and, and interestingly, uh, where Samson is born is the city of Dan, which is right on the Philist, uh, Philistine border. And continually, the Philistines will come over the border and raid the city of Dan and other local cities and just take whatever they want and leave. And there's nothing the Israelites can do. They're weak and they can't defend themselves. And God is about to raise up a leader with a great anointing by his will, to come against these people that are oppressing God's people. But another thing we see, where we see weakness and God displaying his power, is here's a woman that's about to give birth to the one that God's bringing. And by the way, there's only four people in the Bible where their birth is prophesied. There's two in the Old Testament. It's Isaac and Samson. Only two that, were, that, that, that the angels would speak of that God was uh, forecasting their birth. In the New Testament, it was John the Baptist and it was Jesus, of course. But it's a pretty big deal, this birth of Samson, right? One of, one of four uh, in, in the Bible. And these people are being oppressed and God is bringing a deliverer, a rescue forward. And he does it through a barren woman. There's weakness not able on her own to give birth, but the power of God shows up and says, I'm going to work through this one to do this great thing. This promise that she would bear a son would have been an incredible blessing to her because in this culture, to be childless was almost the worst thing that could happen to any woman. It's not quite that way today, right? We understand that Sometimes these things happen and we, we have care and concern and even compassion. But in those days, they literally would publicly ridicule, deride, and mock women who couldn't give birth. And it would, they would be seen as women who did not have God's blessing on them. Just a thought, being criticized and undervalued by people doesn't necessarily mean that God is not with you. Because she wasn't able to do this and people thought she was less, but God liked her a lot. Boy, I think of that being criticized and undervalued and I think of Tim Tebow today. Holy cow, I've never heard the media go so hard at a player. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but are you kidding me? Why would you, why would you put one guy down so much? What, what would the point be? But I believe God really loves Tim. I don't know how great he'll be in the NFL, but God really loves him and is going to use him in a great way. And to be ridiculed by the public and put down by public isn't the same as being put down by God. God loves Tim Tebow. God loved this woman. And he's about to work powerfully through her to show himself. So interesting that he chooses a woman who's not able to give birth to bring his anointed servant. He often chooses the weak. I like that. You know why I like that? Because now I'm a candidate for God doing something great. Every one of us, every one of us, in a moment could be God's surprise pick. Think of that. You live faithfully, you live your life pure, and this woman, I don't know how many years it takes to know you're barren, but this culture's figured it out, and I'm guessing it was many, many years that she couldn't have children. Well, God didn't choose her to bless. That's what they would say in that culture. But he did love her and he was about to choose her because her heart was pure. 
She was his surprise pick, and you might be his surprise pick as well. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Why does he choose the weak things? Because then he gets the credit for stuff. Because then everybody can see, well, it wasn't them, it's God working through them. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me, Paul says. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You may not feel like you're much, but think of this. When he wanted to deliver the Israelites at one point in their history, when he wanted a great spokesman to rise up, he chose a guy who stuttered named Moses. When he wanted to slay a giant that a whole nation feared, he brought a little 15-year-old boy with a slingshot and took the giant out. When he wanted to deliver a nation, he chose a poor Jewish girl named Esther to go to the royal palace for such a time as this, as the Bible says. When he wanted to deliver people from famine and death, he let a young man be thrown into prison to find his way to the palace. His name was Joseph. And he became second in command in the nation of Egypt that knew not God. He has surprise picks all the time. And I love that about him. I love it that we're all candidates and he shows his mighty power. Today, right now on the Sagard site, Esperanza, the church, is meeting. And there's a surprise pick for pastor there. He was a gang leader in Los Angeles. He was once addicted to drugs. And you saw him give his testimony. You see an anointing on his life, don't you? Let me tell you, he's been faithful for a lot of years. Woodhaven Church and Pastor Brad Brucker have been discipling him. And now we get to partner with him. And right now, they've met. The worship has taken place. And Pastor Armando, God's surprise pick, is stepping up and about to deliver the word. As a matter of fact, let's stop and pray for them right now, okay? Father, thank you so much. Thank you that we get to be a small part of seeing this wonderful church come forward. Lord, I believe you're going to bring hundreds and affect thousands in the Hispanic community because of this man, your surprise pick, because of this church, Esperanza. And I pray that you'd be with Pastor Armando right now. I pray that, Lord, your pick... The surprise to many would have such an anointing that they'd say God works in the lives of everyone and then everyone would know that God will work in them. Bless them today. Bless that church and I pray that many will come to the Lord today and many in the coming years and decades. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 6.10 says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's not by might nor by power, the word says, but by the Lord's strength, by, by his spirit, the word says. That's the spirit that gave Samson power, and that's the spirit that will give us power, and we can't forget it's not our strength that gets it done, it's his. Second thought today, we must believe God's promises and obey him. Now, when it comes to this believing and obeying, I'm going to talk about faithfulness in the next point, but I want, to, I want to delineate between obedience and faithfulness. Obedience is right now. Ready obedience in the moment. Believing those promises in this moment 
And really, it's moment after moment that moves to faithfulness eventually. You can't be faithful over seconds, right? I mean, you can make a right decision and be obedient, but faithfulness has to do with time and endurance and a season. There has to be a season before you can declare faithfulness. So let's talk about obedience and whatever moment you're in right now that's hard for you to believe a promise or obey. Sometimes temptation comes our way. Sometimes a temptation is revealed through a trial where we say, God, where are you? Don't you care about me? Can't you see what we're going through? Judges 13.5. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And the woman ran and told her husband. It's interesting, we know his name, but we don't get hers. And to me, she's the hero in the passage here that we're looking at today. She said to her husband, a man of God appeared to me. And he looked like one of God's angels, terrifying to see. I didn't ask where he was from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he told me, you'll become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink nor eat any forbidden food for your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment of his birth until the day of his death. Now there's two sets of promises that I think she has to hang on to here and I think it's true for us. Let me, let me create a couple categories. The first are, are the principles and promises of his word. The promise here is that he loves you. That as you trust in him, Christ will be your salvation. That he is good and that his heart is towards you. You must always hang on to those promises. That he has a plan for your life. That he cares about you. These are promises that as we hold to God, good things will happen. But then there's another set of promises that will give each of us as an individual that have to do with his plan for our lives. Sometimes you put a dream or a vision in your heart that will take a long season to be fulfilled. And you have to hold to that promise when he gives it too. Perhaps you can't even declare it to everyone. Joseph tried that and it didn't work very good for him, did it? And we can't even tell everybody about the big dream God puts in our heart sometimes. And, and if you're going to tell someone, pray about whether you should. That's just a thought for you. Because it's not always for every ear to hear. But when God gives it to us, it's for us to hold on to. And Manoah's wife believes in God's goodness. She's lived that way. That's why she was chosen. But she also believes this promise that God has just given to her for her life, that she would give birth when she's been barren. And it is counted to her as righteousness. Judges 13, 19. Then Manoah took a young goat and grain offering and offered it on a rock as a sacrifice to the Lord. And as Manoah and his wife watched, the Lord did an amazing thing. As the flames from the altar shot up toward the sky, the angel of the Lord ascended in the fire. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell with their faces to the ground. Every now and then, God will give us a sign that we're on the right track and he's with us. This is a pretty big sign for them. An angel that descends in a flame. Incredible. Manoah doesn't respond very well in the moment. Look what he says. He has doubts right in this moment. And he said to his wife, we will certainly die. Yeah, that's what it means. 
For we have seen God, but his wife said, now, now listen to this woman who is barren for years, maybe decades. Amazing to me that though the culture didn't value her, she knew God loved her. She had that in her heart. She held that. No, it's, it's not about him not loving me. I don't know what it's about, but he's good. Someday I'll see what it's about, but she had to live that way to, to be chosen. And she says this, if the Lord were going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our burnt offering and our grain offering. He wouldn't have appeared to us and told us this wonderful thing and done these miracles. She's more in tune with God than he is, at least in this moment. And she remembers those basic principles of God's word. He is good, as Pastor Roger says all the time. He is not against us. He has purpose that he will fulfill in my life. He will do what he says. Here's a word for you. This is a scripture that you need to remember for your own life. It'll encourage you as you go forward. Jeremiah 29, 11. Think of this for you now. Excuse me a second. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Think of your life. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. I'm telling you, there'll be times in your life where you feel like something's over and your life is ended. And a dream has died. A loved one is gone. And the enemy will show up to speak those terrible things that God doesn't care about you, that he doesn't love you. And you need to hang on to a promise like this one. You need to be like Manoah's wife, not like Manoah. He has a plan for us. It's for good, not disaster. It has to do with hope and a future. We see it in the Bible, and we're all tempted, aren't we, to just say God doesn't care about us or like us or this wouldn't be happening. We've probably all been there at some point. Job's wife, unlike Manoah's wife, said to Job when he was going through a trial, why don't you just curse God and die? Well, thank you for that little lady and sending her into my life, God. Jonah, at one point, said, just kill me, to God. Elijah, just kill me. And he, these, these are men of God who have hard moments and are wondering where God is. How much more for us, too? Really, aren't we there sometimes? God, where are you? I don't get it. Do you love me? You must not love me. You've forsaken me. And Manoah's wife somehow doesn't feel all of that through all of the pain of her years. To me, she's the hero in this passage. Thank God for that woman. Can I tell you that there'll be times that we will doubt and sometimes we can shake ourselves. David did that at times. But other times we just need a spouse to say, you are not thinking right. We need a friend to say, hey, God is good. Come on now. And we need to pray with one another and hold one another up because discouragement comes and we need to bring one another back to the truth that he's loving, 
He has a plan. We just need to hang on. Manoah's wife did that. And she saw God work incredibly after many, many years of difficult pain in her life. She said to her husband, Honey, stop thinking that way. That's not true. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good. It doesn't say everything that happens is good. It's talking about bad things that happen. We're not denying that reality. But God can take the bad things that happen and still bring good things out of them. Remember new. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Bethany Hamilton, have you heard that name before? The movie Soul Surfer. It's a great movie. It's on video right now. It did really well in the theaters. And they, they actually talk about God and quote scripture. And it's really, really cool that that kind of stuff is making it into the theaters today. It's a new day. Social media has opened the door. People can't control the message anymore. If someone wants to show up to see it, we can get it out there now. Not just a few ungodly people directing what will happen through the media anymore. There's an open door. Bethany Hamilton was one of the top surfers as a, as a teenage surfer in the world. And when she was about to ascend to maybe become the world champion, there was an accident where a shark attacked her and took her arm. Take a look at this video. can't give up on her. And you can't keep pushing at her. Well, what, what are you supposed to do? Just let her quit? If she wants to, yes. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever then heard. Then you're not hearing what I'm saying. What? What? What is it that I'm not hearing? You can't always fix everything by sheer will. Sometimes there is... Hamilton has to be considered the favorite as we head to the Hawaiian Island Regionals. She's a surfer. She's a competitor. She's more than that. Cherry, if she walks away from this... If she quits, she may never get back in the water again, and she will never be the same. She will never be the same. And if she thinks the only life out there for her is surfing, and she can't make that happen, then she's going to be lost. Really, really lost. That's me. Mr. Jump right in and fix it. I could just keep my mouth shut for once. Done, aren't I? I can't even paddle out to the lineup past the big waves. I don't understand. What happened to I can do all things? Why did I have to lose everything? You didn't lose everything, Bethany. Not even close. 
That shark didn't kill you. You're still here. You're still alive. You have a family that loves you. What am I supposed to do now? I don't know. And how am I supposed to know? Time is right, you know. Until then, you pray. Will you listen? Listen for what? For what comes next. Tragedy and trial strike sometimes and we, we can't figure it out. But when we can't track him, we can trust him. Here's what it says in Romans 5, 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. I just want to stop and just, just re-speak those four words. Dearly, God loves us. You've got to believe that if you're going to make it through the hardest trials of your life, that he dearly loves you. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit, it says, to fill our hearts with his love. How could God be in this for Bethany Hamilton? Her career snatched away at the height when she was just about to come into, in her mind, giving glory to his name. She's a strong believer. Take a look at the rest of the story here. Stephanie! Stephanie! Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back off, okay? It's okay. Are you sure? You don't have to talk to them. Yeah, but what about Dylan or Logan or Stephanie? What if they're watching? Bethany, I'm from Transworld Surf Magazine. Are you upset you didn't win today? I didn't come to win. I came to surf. Bethany, I just wanted to ask you, if you could go back to that day and not have gone surfing, would you do it? I wouldn't change what happened to me because then I wouldn't have this chance in front of all of you, this chance to embrace more people than I ever could have with two arms. I was born to surf. This is why I wake up at the crack of dawn every day. This is why I endure belly rashes, reef cuts, and muscles so tired they feel like noodles. And I've learned that life is a lot like surfing. When you get caught in the impact zone, you need to get right back up because you never know what's over the next wave. And if you have faith, anything is possible. Anything at all. Bethany Hamilton Bethany Hamilton not only went back to surf again, 
she became the world champion with one arm. I remember her watching her get the People's Choice Award on television. That means that teenagers in America voted her as one of the most popular persons. And she stood up and gave glory to Jesus Christ in a public forum on that television show. God can bring beauty out of ashes. God has shown himself more amazingly through the allowing of that event and working through her life than she could have ever imagined. And her story is much greater than it ever would have been. Inspirational to people all across the world. Psalm 106, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. We must continue to believe God even when we can't see him in the circumstances right now. Eventually he shows himself. And that leads me to the third and final point this morning. When we follow God faithfully, we will eventually see his promises fulfilled. Two great blessings Manoah's wife saw. First of all, she's the barren woman who gives birth, and that had to bring her great, great joy. She hung on, and it says that in verse 24, her son was born, and she named him Samson, and the Lord blessed him when he grew up. And then the second thing, we see is fulfilled many, many years later. Samson becomes a leader over Israel. And in Judges 15, 20, we see that he led for 20 years. God used her to birth, as it said earlier in the scripture, a rescuer for Israel. The barren woman who others looked down upon trusted God and many, many years later, she saw the fulfillment of these two great promises that God had given her. When you follow God, when I follow God, in time we'll see his promises fulfilled. But let me tell you the difference now between obedience, which is ready for right now in the moment, and faithfulness. Faithfulness, I said obedience in the second point, now I'm saying faithfulness. Faithfulness is the long haul. You can't say, well, I tried this Jesus stuff for three days and then say it doesn't work. There's no faithfulness attached to that. There might be obedience for three days, but there's abandonment. Faithfulness is, it's days that turn into months and months that turn into years. Like Manoah's wife, she was faithful through those years. She trusted him all the way. And you need to be faithful, not just through days, not just through weeks and months, but even years. And he has a plan for your life that will be fulfilled as you are. Ephesians 2.10, <clears throat> I bet you don't feel this way about yourself. Here's what it says about us in the Bible. For we are God's masterpiece. Turn to someone, I don't do this a lot, but turn to someone beside you and say, and say it in a nice Christian way. You are God's masterpiece. Just say that to someone. How about that? That's hard to believe, isn't it? It says he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do good things, and listen to this, masterpiece, good things that he planned for you to do. You are his masterpiece, <clears throat> and he has planned good things for you to do. He already knows what he wants you to do. Philippians 1.6 says, <clears throat> God began doing a good work in you. 
And I'm sure he'll continue it until it's finished when Christ Jesus comes again. Don't give up. Don't give up on the dream God's given you. Don't give up on his promises of his word that he's good. Be faithful. Long season. Years. Be faithful even when you don't see things happening around you in the moment. Where do we see this? Even when you don't see the good happening. It was very painful last week, wasn't it, when new stood up here to talk to you. It's hard to see her in a moment where her mind goes back to where she was sold. And she was there begging a man, please don't do this. And she said to Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? I love you, I gave my life to you. And where in those moments she was feeling like Jesus must not love her. And yet out of tragedy like that, a testimony comes forward because she hung on. Somewhere around that time, God speaks to a middle-aged man in Ohio saying, remember now, he was working even when she couldn't see. Not only would he be her deliverer, but because of her testimony and because she was faithful and clung to him, he's already delivered 500 girls through the several homes that have been raised up through Asia. I thank God that Carl clung to the Lord's promises in his early days of his faith an insurance agent. Started his own business, was doing well, but he said, Jesus, my life is yours. And he stayed faithful to the principles, just like Manoah's wife did. I think God, when God spoke and whispered to him, remember new, that he didn't forget. It's uncanny to me that a businessman in the Midwest would travel Six times to Cambodia looking for one girl because the Lord put that girl on his heart? Now, there's 10 or 12 homes that are just, I I think there's eight or 10 that are built and a couple more we know of that are gonna go up and you're a big part of that. But here's what I believe. That because of the faithfulness of New and Carl and his wife, Lori, Hundreds of these homes are going to rise up across the world, remember now. That's what I believe. Thousands of girls are going to be delivered because they were faithful. Because even though they didn't see it, even though she didn't feel it in those moments, what, how can you make sense of this? The Lord is bringing deliverance to many. Faithfulness is a big deal. Hanging on when you don't get it is a big deal. And God honors faith like that. Several years ago, uh, the Lord called me to pastor a church called Grace Community. I was 33 years old when I came to be your pastor over 18 and a half years ago. 
When I came, I came with a dream that the Lord put in my heart for a great church. Shortly after I got here, he put a dream in my heart for a great high school. Now, it wasn't just my dream, because there were many in this church who had believed that God was going to raise this church up to do great things, and the schools were already on their way. No middle school or high school, but faithfulness had been in place for many years before I showed up. The Lord's called me here to this season to give the best years of my life in ministry here. And I thought it was interesting that last week, I'm talking about a dream. God's going to give you a dream, and we're working on this dream and this vision together here at Horizon. But interestingly enough, last week, a fellow walked up to me, and he looked a little familiar, and he said, do you remember me? And I said, boy, you look familiar. And he said, I used to go to church here, but I've been gone for six years. And he said, this is amazing. I thought he was talking about the testimony, right? Because it was an incredible day. We just celebrated. It was right after this service, and he, you guys were out on your way, and the music was playing, and man, it was, it was exciting. He said, this was amazing. I said, wasn't it? He said, what the Lord has done at this church. I thought he was talking about the story in front of us that day. He said, six years ago, I was here, and you guys were talking about a high school and you were, you were talking about the church doing great things to touch the world and look what the Lord has done and he's looking around. I forget sometimes. God is working through you. I remember that many of you sold a home to move to a smaller home so that we could be here where we're at. Some of you, I'll never forget, you sold cars. You turned in your retirement policies, pulled funds out, made sacrifice. And now we're building homes in Cambodia. We're doing a greater work. You learned about generosity then, and our generosity overflows to others now. We know that when we give something big away, we don't lose. And we're not done. We're just getting going here. This is a new day, a new season. There's going to be more. We're going to touch the world. Young people are going to rise up out of here. We're going to have missionaries go. We're going to give. We're going to impact this whole world for Jesus. Not all by ourselves, but we're going to get our part, and it is going to be fun to see what the Lord does. There's more, much more good stuff coming. There was a day when we had a dream in our heart that wasn't fulfilled and that brother reminded me of it last week. Much of it's been fulfilled. Much more coming. Let me move it to your dream. I don't know what the Lord's put in your heart. But some of you, it's almost too much to speak to others. But I just just want to say to you, don't give up on it. Be faithful in this season. If you're faithful like Manoah's wife, the hero that we talk about today, if you'll believe that he's good and hang on and walk, if when he plants something in your heart and he speaks it, you'll remember and hold on to it, you'll give birth to something great that God is doing. Many of you will leave this place to do great ministries in other locations because God has birthed something in you. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. You be faithful to him. Psalm 1825. 
to the faithful you show yourself faithful. Hebrews 3.14, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God, just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ.